unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I am feeling, uh, I'm, I'm excited for today's show, and I'm going to leave it at that. Well, then let's get started. Our guest today is Josh Rosenberg, and I met Josh in Las Vegas a few years ago at Mark Ling's Mastermind. Josh and I had a very animated conversation at dinner, and then all of us headed over to one of the wildest and most memorable parties of my life. And it's a fitting memory because Josh takes a bold approach to copywriting and marketing, and he's going to share some highlights today. Little background, Josh got into copywriting in 2008, and he had a corporate job he hated. He learned copywriting and web marketing from the ground up, literally. And as his career took off like a rocket, he became a much happier camper. But he's about as unconventional as you get. For example, <clears throat> Josh is working on a piece of copy and he asks his friends to review it. If they tell him it's good, he'll tear it up and rewrite it from scratch. He won't actually start to use the copy until his friends stop complimenting him and start demanding to buy the product. Josh's work has generated over $100 million in business for companies in over 60 industries, almost 60 industries. Last year, he had seven clients each that paid him six and seven figure fees. Okay. I am proud that Josh is my friend, and I'm almost as proud to tell you this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this almost all the time. So, Josh, welcome. Uh, you've got so much to tell us that I want to get right into it. So with your permission, let's just get started, okay? Yeah, sounds good. Let's rock and roll. Cool. So where do you find clients? I think every copywriter would like to know this. Where do you find clients who can pay you top dollar for your work? Sure. So um, one thing that I've noticed is that in this world of online direct response, info product and supplement businesses um, that we're all a part of, um, most people really stick to just these businesses. They look at places like ClickBank and that's really the only place that they're finding clients or Facebook groups or you know, hoping to get a referral. But there's so much of a bigger world out there. And what's really cool is it doesn't matter where you live um, or anything. If you, let, uh, you focus on an industry that you really like, so personally for me, I really like the tech industry. Um, there are publications that are just all the news and everything going on in the tech and startup space all over, you know, here in New York, there's Austin, Texas, there's California, there's all over the country. Every industry has publications like this that show industry news. and. Uh, they're free. 
You can be anywhere in the world and uh, just sign up, opt in, get access to them. Um, and I will comb through them and I'll be looking to see, oh, this company just got $15 million in new investor funding. Well, that means that they're expanding and they have some money to throw around. It also means that because they're not a huge, huge, huge mega company, they're not getting approached by marketing agencies and they're not getting approached by online copywriters. So they have money. They're growing. They, there's no competition. It is very easy to, to um, get my foot in the door with them. And you know because they have the money to pay, they pay top dollar. Um, the other really uh, cool trick is learning how um, to structure a deal. If you have a small uh, client, let's say they have a $5,000 budget, a lot of copywriters will stop at that point. They'll get paid. They'll do the work. And then they'll hope for something to come you know, after that. Um, I've learned how to structure that deal where I will, um, tell them, you know, my fees are typically much higher, $20,000 or so. Um, if you want to do it for 10,000, I need this amount in royalties. Um, but if your budget really truly is 5,000, I'm going to ask for royalty, but I will give you the friends and family discount this time. Um, I noticed you have a, a catalog of other products and services you sell. And I want the first right of refusal to pick up any single one of them or multiples of them at my full rate. If you're happy with my performance, if I do a good job and you're happy and it makes you a lot of money, then I would like to have the first right of refusal for those, which essentially just means um, they're guaranteeing that I will get the first crack at writing it. They don't approach any copywriters. They don't talk to any other marketers. Um, they're guaranteeing the first shot at me. And I've used this. Uh, and I've helped some of my students use this exact technique to turn clients with small budgets. Um, one person in particular, he was charging about $4,500 and just using this alone in six months, he's now over $170,000 in his pocket. So those are two really simple and effective ways to find clients that can make you a lot of money. Yeah, the, the, those are great. Um, and very, <clears throat> very inventive. And it's uh, particularly nice to, um, you know, everyone says bass are where you find them, go fishing where the fish are. But I, I think you've, you've got a slightly different approach there. There's definitely fish there, but, um, most people are overlooking them completely. Okay. So now that you know where the high paying clients are and how to turn them into high paying clients, if they're not likely to be, what do you actually say and do? in order to get their attention so that they'll get on the phone with you. All right. Sure. So, um, business owners never heard of me before. I'm a complete stranger. I'm trying to reach out to this person cold and so essentially solicit them for business. Um, I need to start with bringing them value upfront. I need to get them some results. And I've heard other copywriters, um, talk about how you could pre-write an email sequence for them or half of a sales letter or something like that. And if it does well and it converts well for them, then you get your foot in the door. And I think that's one of the stupidest approaches possible because uh, you're essentially letting them know that you are doing all of this work for free. You're devaluing yourself, which means you can't charge top dollar since they know you'll work for free. So what, if they do hire you, you're going to be making a fraction of what you could be making. So here's what I do instead. Um, I call this a silver bullet. This is a very fast and powerful strategy to get in the door, extend an olive branch, and get them wanting to get on the phone with me. Here's how it works. Um, I will 
load up Loom to do a screen recording video while I'm on their website. And I will give them a simple strategy to improve conversions or get better results. Um, I will then explain the psychology behind it and I will give them any applicable results that I may have gotten. So an example of this might be you go to um, somebody's uh, landing page and it's an email opt-in page just for lead gen. And it says, you know, enter your email address in the form below and I will send you our exclusive special report PDF, how to cook the perfect steak every time. This PDF ebook has a retail value of $47. But when you enter your email address in the form below, I'm going to send it to you absolutely for free. Well, that's pretty standard copy that everyone's seen and used. And quite frankly, people don't trust it as much as they once did. So what I'll suggest is they uh, get rid of anything unnecessary, anything superfluous, and just only leave what the, uh, the viewer, the reader is interested in. And in this case, they're interested in the benefit of cooking the perfect steak. So I'll explain that if they uh, reduce the wording and change it to say, uh, enter your email address and I'm going to send you, um, the, I'm going to send you uh, my report, how to cook the perfect steak every time. Just leave it at that. We've taken out everything that's not necessary. We're leaving only the benefit of cooking the perfect steak every time. And um, we're, we're essentially trimming the fat. So we're getting straight to the point and it's only benefit focused. And now here's where if I have uh, proof elements, I'll, I'll include them. And so I'll tell them a story <clears throat> Excuse me. of um, when I worked with a client uh, a few months ago. We tried this and immediately he saw a 298% opt-in rate increase, which was huge. Yeah. We then took it one step further a couple of weeks afterwards and we tested uh, entering the email versus entering a phone number. So we were collecting the SMS. We saw an almost 800% increase again. So the, the conversion rate went through the roof and then it went to the stratosphere by making those two simple changes. So that's incredible proof, right? And then I'm going to end this silver bullet video by just saying, uh, I've gone ahead, I've opted in, I've looked through um, your offer, and I've noticed quite a few other uh, areas that we can um, uh, make very quick improvements that I believe will increase conversion substantially for you and get you um, uh, more money, You know, raise your average order value. Uh, if you'd like to discuss any of that or how I might be able to help you otherwise, uh, just reply to this email and we'll hop on a call. And that's where the silver bullet ends. From start to finish, it's three to five minutes. So it's very quick and easy. And the response rate is incredible. Yeah, you know, something just occurred to me as, as you were telling about these things and especially talking about the tech industry, which I remember maybe 20 years ago was not particularly open to direct marketing. <clears throat> In fact, <laughs> the time of the dot bomb, they were into losing money and getting share of mind. It was a very strange um, period. Uh, basically, uh, you know, old school theft from widows and orphans of their um, savings through the venture capitalists. But um, things have changed, right? I mean, a lot of people, because of the internet, because it, it, you know, online marketing so often, a lot more people would be open to direct marketing and are actually believe that there is such a thing as measurable response and measurable results. And that's, that's only got to be to your advantage, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, there was a point where you really couldn't measure the results of your advertising. If you ran a commercial 
on TV nationwide, you would have to wait a long time and see which cities ended up buying more of your product or service. And, uh, and you would, it was a huge delay and you didn't know if a billboard was working or if it was the fact that they were seeing your, your company, your product everywhere that eventually it started to work. There was no real direct way to tell. But now we can see in real time uh, the effectiveness and we can make changes on the fly and we can optimize, you know, in real time, which is incredibly powerful and businesses uh, know this and they work with tech, you know, to extents that are much more than what you and I probably work with. So they know all of this coming in the door and approaching them uh, by telling them this is the service that I can offer your business to help you out. They're much more open to, to those discussions. Yeah. I mean, I think that's um, an important update uh, refresh for a, a lot of more old school copywriters like myself, but I think uh, younger people too. Um, well, all right, let's, let's get back to your method with, with so much competition out there, um, like industries like info products and e-commerce, how do you stand out from other copywriters? I've heard you comparing how clients pick which copywriter very similar to ordering a bottle of wine at a restaurant. Could you explain what that means? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you've seen this um, yourself where somebody on Facebook will make a post saying, I'm looking for a copywriter for my, you know, uh, learn how to lose weight and get a six pack cabs product. Their inbox, their DMs are going to be flooded. It's as if you just threw a fresh carcass in a uh, pool of piranhas. <laughs> Everybody is going to be pitching them and they're going to immediately start eliminating you if you have typos or you just write one sentence, you know, hi, I'm a copywriter, you know, something like that. They're going to eliminate you right out of the gate and they're going to uh, only actually read the people that. <clears throat> have something um, compelling to, to say and that speak eloquently and they'll have a few conversations. And basically if everybody um, sounds knowledgeable and sounds like they're saying roughly the same thing and they have, you know, decent portfolio, um, they're going to do essentially what you do when you go to a restaurant, you order a bottle of wine. Nobody ever orders the, the cheapest bottle there. You order the second cheapest, the second least expensive. And um, speaking to a number of people I know in the food and beverage industry, that is the uh, prize bottle of wine on every wine list. That's the one that's going to account for 80% of their uh, sales of wine. It's the second least expensive bottle. That's the most competitive. And that's how a lot of business owners will approach hiring a copywriter. That's sort of like everybody's a cheapskate, but nobody wants to look like they're a cheapskate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so... You know, this business owner who is talking to, let's say, five people, five copywriters have made it to this final round of eliminations. Everyone seems to be on the same level. Everyone has a very similar portfolio. They're saying similar stuff. Everyone can speak eloquently. It doesn't make sense for him to um, hire the most expensive just because they're the most expensive. You know, so uh, they're not doing it to be cheap. They're doing it because it just sounds, seems like smart business, you know, Mm -hmm. to do it that way. Sure. So how do I stand out? Well, when you're selling any kind of product or service, when you're uh, marketing it, what makes that product or service stand out? It's a strong USP, all right? Anything that blends in is just going to sit there and collect dust on the shelf. But when you have a very powerful, strong USP that nobody else can 
can claim or that can say you're going to stand out and that's usually what's going to sell the best. So I thought about this and I realized, well, the first thing I'm trying to sell is myself. Why would I not give myself the best USB possible? So, you know, to, to you, to um, other people that uh, are in this direct response marketing world who I speak to in one way, sure, I'll call myself a copywriter. That's fine. But when I'm speaking to a potential client, I came up with uh, a different title for myself, a USP, and a way that sets me apart. So um, I tell people that I'm not a copywriter. I'm a persuasion engineer. I blueprint and construct dynamic and robust profit centers um, that are designed to increase conversions and uh, drastically increase your lifetime value. Copywriting is just one of the tools that I use. And right okay. away, we've changed the conversation. Uh, yeah. So what's the response when you say that? The response is incredible. And uh, the reason why is, you know what a copywriter is. I know what a copywriter is. Uh, a lot of business owners do not. Just because we've been jaded, because we, this is what we do when we're involved in all these groups and webinars and we create VSLs and all that, we have this shared language. Business owners don't recognize the work that we do the same way we do. In the real world, the agency world, copywriters, for the most part, are these low-paid um, commodity employees. And I'm talking, you know, the Young Rubicams, WPP, Saatchi and Saatchi. These are the biggest agencies in the world. Their copywriters are uh, sitting there writing a couple of bullet points or a tagline or something, and that's all the responsibility they get, which is why they don't have a high paycheck. And so when you are talking to a business owner who may or may not have that understanding of what a copywriter is, just because you believe you know, you're, you, you can do incredible things by creating this video sales letter or whatnot, it doesn't mean that that's what they see. So in, in, for the sake of not allowing room for any confusion, because the second that there's a miscommunication, that's it. You're, you're devalued quite a bit. So for the sake of avoiding that and putting myself on a higher pedestal, I came up with that USP. And now anybody that talks to that client that calls himself a copywriter is looked at as below me. And the, the response as a result has been overwhelming. Um, that's right away has allowed me to walk in the door. I, I mean, I don't really do sales calls at all. I handle that totally differently. But just by presenting my USP a number of times, I've had a business owner basically offer me the job right then and there. They haven't had to look at anything else. It doesn't happen all the time. It's nice when it does. But yeah, I mean, the, the response is very, very great. Well, yeah, I mean, what I like about it is you're talking their language instead of our language, right? Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, what business owner doesn't want to increase lifetime value except maybe scam artists who want to get rid of the customers before they come after them? But no, mo most, uh, most business owners do, and most business owners like the idea of multiple profit centers. So one thing goes down, another thing can come up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really well thought through. But okay, so now, now you've set yourself apart from everyone else. You, you got a potential client on the phone. What do you say when they say, so what do you charge? What are your rates, Josh? Sure. So um, what I found is that um, clients who have larger projects and that have big visions and might be ongoing work. And let's say um, as I'm talking to them, I'm on the phone, I'm getting to know them. In my head, I'm kind of figuring out essentially where I would like to land in terms of, of payment. Um, 
ones clients that have a lot of stuff going on, they're not usually going to ask the rates on the phone because they know there's a lot to do. And um, if it's something very small, like somebody wants just a five email follow-up sequence, okay, I might have a standard fee for that. No problem. But um, what I'm going to tell them is, is essentially this. Let's say in my head, I know that this is a project that I'd be happy making charging $10,000 for. I'm going to, and they asked me what my rate is. I'm going to say, well, you know, there's quite a bit um, to go into this. When I work with a uh, client like you, there's a whole lot that I don't know yet. Um, a rate for a project like this can be anywhere from about $10,000 to $30,000. I'm purposely anchoring a uh, price three times higher than what I charge because I want them to feel like they just got punched in the gut. I want them to be scared and intimidated at this point. So okay. next part is I will tell them like, listen, if um, you wouldn't mind giving me about two days, I would like to go and do a lot of market research. I'd like to research your competitors, find out what uh, USP people are using, seeing what's unique about your business, figuring out how to position it. And I'm going to put together a proposal and it's going to have a full itemized breakdown of um, my rates and so you can see where everything lies. And this way, uh, um, I'm going to come to you with the most fair and honest um, price possible. And you can see everything that that's going to include. So if you wouldn't mind, is it okay if we touch base in about two days? Of course, the business owner is going to say yes. Uh, now, I purposely do not send them proposal when it's done. I may, it may take me an hour to write it, but I'm not sending it an hour later. Um, the way that it's going to be structured is every single item on that list that I would be doing is going to have a, a very detailed out description. So let's just say the first item is research. Well, I'm going to be writing a, a sentence or two about the importance of proper research, what that's going to do and how that's going to help the, the next step, which is the draft and then the blue and then this and this and this, and everything's going to be very detailed because everything's going to have an individual price tag. Um, and this way, when the, business owner uh, looks at it, everything makes sense. It all adds up. Um, I sh actually, let me uh, back up a moment. If a business owner asks you what your fee is and you tell them over the phone, my fee is $10,000, they're going to talk you down in price. They're going to say, well, our budget is closer to five grand and blah, blah, blah. And you'll go back and forth and maybe you'll settle at $6,500, but they're also going to ask you to include all, the, all this other work for free. So you really have no leverage. It's really hard at that point. You can't negotiate. You're stuck doing a lot more work for a lot less money than you wanted. So that's the other reason that we have this um, proposal. So everything's laid out with um, the price attached to each item. There's also um, at the bottom going to be uh, something known as optional riders. These are essentially upsells. So if I know that this uh, client is most likely to ask me to write upsell pages, or email follow-up sequences, or chatbot sequence, or something. Those are going to be my optional riders. So this way, there's no way they can ask for it for free because it has its own price attached to it. So five minutes before we get on the second call to go over the proposal, that's when I'll send it to them because I want them to open it up for the very first time on the phone with me. I don't want them to come up with a strategy to negotiate me down and talk me down. Um, and so by making them wait till the last minute, it avoids that. So now we're looking at the prices entirely, all right? And I'll remind them as soon as we get on the call that I'll tell them like, listen, I think um, I just want to remind you that I told you the scale, the scope of a project like this can have a range of between ten dollars and $30,000. I got good news and bad news. The good news is it's definitely not at that $30,000 mark. 
Uh, the bad news is it's not quite at $10,000 either. It's just a little, it's a hair shy of that. Uh, and my price will generally be about 30% more than what I would be happy settling on. So I'll come in at around $13,000. Um, this way, as we're going through the items and they see each individual item and what the price is and what the work involved in is and the importance of that, they realize that there's not much wiggle room on any of them. They may be able to talk a little bit here and there to talk me down in price a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm going to have made bare minimum my $10,000 that I wanted. And more times than not, I'm going to actually make a bit above that because I've started at around 13,000. Um, and they may, a lot of times they will pick up some of the items in my optional riders. So I could very easily turn that $10,000 gig into a $20,000 gig because of the optional riders. So whereas a lot of copywriters would have settled for $6,500, I've now made 20,000 by just taking this one extra step. Yeah, that's really good. And, and what I like about it is it doesn't seem sneaky or vague. It seems pretty common sense, rational, step-by-step. Step. So that's, I think, fairly easy for a business person to accept. Um, uh, one, one more thing before we wrap up. <clears throat> I know that you're very proud of the fact that you figured out how to get paid upwards of 25 grand before you even get hired or asked to do any work. I'm dying to know how does this work? Yeah. Yeah. This is um, actually something that I love doing. Um, so the proposal strategy that I just gave you is for clients that are generally their fee is going to be, let's say under $15,000. Um, larger clients are not going to ask you for your fee over the phone. They're just simply not because that's not how business is done. So now when we get to that part of the conversation, I don't talk about sending them a proposal. I talk about writing a blueprint and I build the value of this blueprint like you wouldn't believe because this is going to have their complete demographic breakdown, um, including you know religious affiliations, political affiliations, level of education, this, this, this. It's going to have competitor research. It's going to have, uh, I'm going to have research and done out on more to know about their business than they do. It will also include the full step-by-step -step strategy that I believe will bring them the most success in the least amount of time. It will show every single bit of this along the way. Um, and of course, it will have my full fee breakdown. I'll tell them that this is a very, um, uh, this is a very big project to take on. And as a result, I cannot do it for free. I charge a rate of X and my, what that X is, is generally about 10% of what I believe the project will cost. So if it's a $25,000 top to bottom um, project, I'll charge about $2,500 for it. And if it's, and I've worked with some corporate clients and some big startups where the fee was closer to $250,000, $300,000. And I'll stop at about 25 grand for the price of the blueprint. Now, in the corporate world, this is pretty standard. When vendors are asked to, um, to send this style of proposal, or in my case, blueprint, um, the, the client knows that there is a fee attached a lot of the time. So a lot of business owners are expecting this. Great. Now I'll tell them uh, that if we decide to work together, that the cost of this blueprint will be subtracted from my total cost. And if they decide to work with somebody else, they still get to keep the blueprint and all that other marketer needs to do is just follow it and fill in the blanks and the, the job will be done well. 
So now this gives the business owner such incredible confidence that uh, it feels like it's a no-brainer to have. And yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I, I've, I've found through life that it's never a good idea to tell a good salesman he's a good salesman because he will send your head spinning in a direction that's hard to recover from. So um, I won't say that. Let, let's let's ask. Um, let, let I mean, let me ask about you have a, a Facebook group where you post leads for for um, copywriting gigs every day, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, my Facebook group, Copywriters Clubhouse. Um, I have my VA out there scouring for really good clients from all over the world in every kind of, uh, copywriting gig imaginable. And I'll post four to six, um, job leads every day so that the, you know, people that are part of the, the, the group, uh, should never go without work. It's a paid group, free group. No, it's completely free. So you just have to go in and apply and then you'll. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of, um, uh, questions to fill out. I think three questions. And if you don't fill them out, my VA will reject you. And if you do, um, that's it. You're in, and I will be providing you with new leads daily to make sure you're always, you know, working. All right. Uh, well, good. So that's uh, copywriters clubhouse, facebook.com groups, copywriters clubhouse. We can put that in the show notes uh, for everyone who's interested. Um, Nathan, you looked like you had some questions and you didn't want to interrupt the flow. Am I right? I didn't want to interrupt the flow. I just wanted to add uh, Josh's um, blueprint or the um, the aspect of plotting out and, and clearly defining each step, letting them know what's going to go into the research, letting them know what's going to go into uh constructing the landing page. I really like that. A lot of times we get stuck with the curse of knowledge. We know how valuable all of this stuff is, but our clients don't realize the work. They think that we just sit down and write and they don't realize all of the, uh, all of the pre-work that goes into it, all of the um, thinking that goes into it. And they don't, if you don't spell it out, they're not going to see the value. And as copywriters, we know we have to spell out the vi- the value for the people that are going to be reading our copy, but we tend to forget that we have to spell out the value for the people that are going to be hiring us. So I thought that was an amazing uh, part of the podcast episode this week. So today's oh, lesson is don't be the shoemaker who has shoeless children. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's go. a really good analogy. Um, and so I want to thank you for allowing me to come on and talk about this. And, um, you know, I, I've developed this whole system for how to land, get your foot in the door with five to seven figure paying clients and how to close them like clockwork. Uh, it's taken me many, many years to, to really formalize it and uh, hone it and refine it as much as possible. But, uh, you know, I work with people that are experienced copywriters and train them on exactly this step-by-step. We work one-on-one. Um, you can find out about that, how that whole system works at uh, toptierclients.com. The 22-minute video that will show you literally from top to bottom everything that, that's involved in that. Well, thanks for coming on, and um, I guess we're about out of time, right, Nathan? Yep. If people want to check out more episodes, they can go to copywriterspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. 
This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.